0: You're listening to sermon audio from Redeemer Church, where we are disciples of Jesus and live together, making disciples. To check out our other media, or to find out more information about our church, visit redeemersgf.com. Good to see you. Hope all is well with you in this new year. I know it's we're a week and a half in or whatnot, but uh, good to see all of you for sure. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Colossians chapter 4. We will be there today. We're going to talk about prayer. So we're currently in a series on the spiritual disciplines. And uh, last week, Pastor Greg uh, addressed how to read the Bible. He talked through that, gave us some pointers. Um, This week, we're going to tackle how to pray. So the last time we preached on prayer was in um, August of 2019. Pastor Greg preached on um, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Um, So if you want to go back and listen to that, he did a good job with it, Um, but you're welcome to um, listen to that. But but we're going to work through it again today in a little bit different fashion. Um, The sermon title is How to Pray, and what we're going to do is we're going to walk through Colossians 4, 2 through 4. And, you know, fairly briefly, I'm going to have four points there. And then I'd like to hit some just bullet points on practical instructions, kind of similar to how Greg did last week. Um, I just want to work through that and give you some very practical things um, that are kind of throughout the Bible, but we're going to kind of condense them into a how-to today. Let me pray for our time, and then we will dive in, and uh, I'm going to kind of have a few intro comments, and then we'll, we're going to work through this um, and, uh, and see what the Lord does. So would you all pray with me? Father, we, we love you. You are holy, you are sovereign, and you are good to us. I pray that you would honor this time. I pray that you would bring glory to yourself during this time. I pray that we would steward it well, that we would open up your word, that we would understand your wisdom, that we would see that prayer is communion with you, is communication with you. And, Lord, we ask that you would teach us, that you would help us, help us to pray, help us to follow you faithfully, Lord, help us to bring glory to you in the way that we live. So we ask that your scripture would be mighty now, that the spirit would be mighty in this room. He would speak through me, speak to our hearts, that you would let us attend and understand how you are growing us and how we are to to respond. So, Father, it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So throughout Scripture, we see um, people praying to the Lord for various things. We see um, prayer as a part of worship and sacrifices in the Old Testament. We saw that in the book of Ezra. We saw the long prayers there. We see it when Solomon dedicates the temple. We see people praying for all kinds of things throughout Scripture. We see leaders like Moses praying to God and interceding on behalf of Israel. We see many occasions where people pray to the Lord and he answers them. And we see in the New Testament several teachings from Jesus on prayer as well. We see him praying regularly. He goes. Uh, he sets himself apart. He talks about. There's, so prayer is a major aspect of the Christian life and of Scripture as well. And notably, Jesus teaches his disciples and us on the Lord's Prayer. And we see in the early church numerous times of prayer for guidance. We see for prayer for miracles, prayer for all kinds of things. But Christian prayer, specifically Christian prayer, is rooted in Christ in His example and also in His death and resurrection, after which he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell believers. So prayer, then, is how we communicate with God. That's how we talk with him. It's how we commune with him. In prayer, we speak to him, and we also listen as well. Prayer involves a personal relationship with God. So if you you are going to pray to him, you are going to need to know him. And um, a, a good definition or good kind of explanation of this comes from Walter Elwell in the Baker Encyclopedia. It says, the reason why God answers one prayer and not the other has nothing to do with the length or the number of prayers. Because prayer involves a personal relationship with God, sincerity and genuineness in that relationship are of paramount importance. So if you want the Lord to answer your prayer, not that that's necessarily the goal, but if you want to see your prayers answered, if you want to know the Lord deeply, and and if you want to see your prayers answered, you need to know him and commune with him regularly. So what that means is when you know God and you know his will, you will know how to pray, and he will answer those prayers because he accomplishes his will through prayer. And God will answer some of the things that we want and and not allow others. Uh, And I, I can't give you all the rhyme and reason to it, but God will answer some and he will not answer others. Just like when we're praying for a job or healing or all kinds of other things, sometimes he answers those prayers and sometimes he does not. But the one type of prayer that God will always answer is related to redemption. For the forgiveness of sins, for sanctification, for wisdom, the things that God gives to his children, to his people, the people who call in his name and faith, God will always answer those prayers. He will always provide those answers. The last thing by way of introduction is many Christians struggle with prayer. I don't consider myself a prayer warrior, but I've learned a lot of helpful things from some dear people over the years, and, and I, I'm going to share with some with you today. And they are mighty in prayer and they have been a blessing to me in many ways. But if you struggle with prayer, it may be a sign, it may be a sign that you need to grow in your relationship with the Lord. If you know him, and if we know what he loves and what he hates, if we know who we are and how much we need him, that familiarity and understanding will shape how we live life and how we pray. So if you struggle with prayer, my encouragement is to pray and get to know the Lord and get to know him through Scripture. Think about it like this. If you know somebody well, if you know a pastor, a coworker well, or you have a longtime friend, you probably don't have any hesitation talking to them and going up to them and even having a difficult conversation with them. But if you don't know that person well, you're probably going to have some hesitation. You're probably going to stumble over your words a little bit. You're probably not going to know exactly how to approach it and exactly what to ask them or what to talk to them about because you don't know them well. You don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know their character. You don't know exactly what's going to happen there. So a great way to get to know the Lord and grow in your relationship with him is through reading scripture like we talked about last week and also through prayer. With that said, let's walk through Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Let's read this and see what the Lord would have us talk through today. So Colossians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So the first thing we see here in verse 2 is that we should continue steadfastly in prayer. This implies that prayer will be difficult to sustain. Um, it, my very first doctoral class, when I was at Midwestern, when I, my very first class, they gave us a coffee mug, which was kind of a harbinger of things to come, right? You're going to need this. And they spent an hour, they spent an hour, my very first class, They spent an hour of that class telling us not to give up. And I'm not joking at all. I'm not exaggerating. They spent an hour saying, don't give up. I put a lot of mileage on that mug. And I didn't give up. I didn't sleep for three years. And I ended up having an anxiety attack while writing my dissertation. But I didn't give up. But it was difficult. And my professors knew it would be. So they told us not to give up. Paul knows that prayer is not easy. So he's telling the Colossians, not give up. To give up. So the first thing I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, don't give up in prayer. Keep talking. Keep listening. Don't go cold. Keep praying. It's vital for the Christian life. Prayers seem to bounce off the ceiling. Even when you don't know what to pray, keep praying. The second thing we see here in verse 2 is to be watchful in it. This is how we persevere in prayer. We look around and view the world with a watchful eye. And we're not just passively walking around and taking in sights like tourists. We stay awake. We keep our eyes open. The first time I went to um, Africa, I emailed one of my friends, uh, one of my my, uh, relatives, who had spent a lot of time in Africa and and had kind of some specialized degrees in in Africa, in African history and culture. And uh, the, the thing that he told me was to keep your eyes open. Watch the world. Look at the world and pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to the culture that you're going into because it's completely different than the United States. And even though I've been outside of the United States, I've traveled a decent amount at that point, I had never seen anything like West Africa because there's nothing like it. But I would say the same thing. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open in prayer. Look around and don't just passively take insights, but stay awake. And I mean... When I say stay awake, I mean like don't fall asleep during prayer also, but also keep watching. Stay awake and keep watching. Don't, you can close your eyes in prayer. That's fine. It doesn't really matter what you do, whether you keep your eyes open or closed. But the point is to observe the world and look deeper than surface level. Understand what's going on. Keep your eyes open. Engage with the world. Pray in such a way that you can see your prayers having an effect. And pray in such a way that your prayers change as you live as well. You should not pray the same prayers when you're 35 with a wife and two kids and a mortgage and a job as you did when you were 12 or 20 or 34. You should not pray the same way. You should be praying differently. Your prayer should grow and trace the contours of your life. Keep your eyes open. So, brothers and sisters, my second question for you, are you being watchful in prayer? Do you see things that need to be prayed for? Do you see the people who are sick or are you ill at ease with how things are going on? Pray. Are you praying with expectation, dynamically engaging with the word, with the world in your prayer life? In Mark chapter 14, we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus instructs his disciples to watch and pray so they don't enter temptation. Does your prayer life trace the contours of your life? Does it change with seasons as things come up? Certainly you should have consistent themes in your prayer life, but you should pray differently for your wife when she is tired or sick or at her Bible study. You should pray differently for your children as they grow and mature. Does your prayer life change? Are you being watchful in prayer? Third thing we see is to pray thankfully with thanksgiving. We don't just keep our eyes open for protection. We're not like one of those schizophrenic feral cats in my neighborhood frantically looking around for danger. We keep our eyes open for things to be thankful for. It's incredibly easy for me to find stuff to be critical about. I'm a very, it's, very, it's very natural for me to be critical. It's very easy for me to, be how, to see how something can be better. It's easy for me to voice that and not have a second thought about how critical or arrogant I can be. But gratitude only comes naturally to me because of the spirit of God within me. My flesh loves to be critical. I love it. But my new heart from the Lord loves to give thanks, even in the hardest of situations. It's also incredibly easy for me to pray for things with a selfish motive. So I want something to happen, so the Lord needs to get on board with what I want, of course. I mean, why why wouldn't he? My my plan is brilliant. He should get on board with it. But I rarely get what I want, especially when I pray with that attitude. And the Bible is enlightening on this. Listen to what God tells us in James chapter 4. He says, You do not have... Because you do not ask and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions The lord is not some cosmic butler doing your bidding He's the sovereign king of kings and lord of lords. He's the creator and he dispenses with his creation as he sees fit And if you call on his name in faith You've been given an unbelievable gift and salvation and the security of an eternity with him when you breathe your last that should put things in perspective for you. It should lead you to realize what he's done for you and currently is doing for you. Paul is reminding his audience, and I'm reminding you now, to be thankful in your prayers. Are you thankful in your prayers? Not just for your food and the stuff you have. Are you truly thankful with a thankful heart? Do you, another way to ask that, and, and do you have a default setting of gratitude? A default. Is your default response gratitude? Are you looking for ways to be thankful? Can you be thankful even in really difficult times, like when there aren't answers and you don't know what to pray? Anyone can be thankful when things are good. But it takes a specific kind of wisdom to be thankful in the hard times. Let's think about the book of Job, chapter 2. He says, he's rebuking his wife and he says, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? He's thankful even in a hard time when he just lost everything he had except his contentious wife. Brothers and sisters, let's strive to be thankful in our prayers. Whether the Lord delivers sweet years and beautiful memories or whether he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death or some mix of the two. Even when we walk through that dark and stormy path, we should not fear because he is watching us. No, no, no. He is with us and he has bit his ear to hear us. So let's talk with him and let's be thankful that he has given us breath, a church family, and another day for his, on this earth for his glory. The fourth thing we see here is to pray missionally. Verse 3, it says, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Paul's asking for prayer in his ministry, for a way to continue ministering and spreading the gospel. We too are to pray for ministry and missionally as well. Pray for open doors in ministry. Pray for the proclamation of the word, for evangelism. Pray for clarity in the message are you praying missionally? Are you praying for the word to do its work? Do you pray for the word to do its work in counseling? Do you pray for the word to do its work in preaching, in in proclamation, in open air proclamation of the gospel? Are you praying for the word to do its work in your life? In the life of your community group? In the life of this church? Are you praying for the word to do its work to save souls? To share the good news of Jesus? Are you praying for those things? I would challenge you to do that, to join me and join the elders in prayer for the word to do its work. It is amazingly powerful to see what the word will do, will do in people's lives. It is amazing. Some of you have been through redemption groups. Some of you have sat in on counseling with, with me or the other elders. It's amazing to see what the word does. So pray for it to do its work. That is a prayer that God will answer. Another thing that's interesting here is that Paul prays for specific things here. Not just pray for me in general. Hey, you pray for me. I need some help. He's praying for specifically, he's actually praying for something to happen. So when you pray, do you ask for specific things? Are your prayers specific towards something? I have an illustration here. So back in the day when I was in high school, I joined my Parents' Sunday school class of adults, like 40 to 50-year-old people, married class. Um, I I was arrogant enough to think that I didn't need the youth group, so I stepped out of that and I wanted to go learn about the Bible. And uh, it was a specific time in the 90s of bad ministry, but that's where I was. There was this woman in class, in in, in my class, in, in my parents' class. I'll call her Pam. Every single week, and I mean every single week, she was there, and she would always say the same request During prayer request time, she would just say, just keep praying for my brother. I heard that request for two years solid. Never had any idea what specifically to pray for. No idea. Now, that was my fault and the rest of the class also because we didn't ever clarify or press into that. We never asked her. But never once did we say, hey, real quick, just to make make it awkward or anything, What's going on with your brother? Like, you know, what's, what's actually going on there? Is he sick? Is he looking for a job? Is he not saved? Is he having trouble with the law? Is he dead? What are we praying for here? Not once did we ask that. My dad, I, I called him this past week. My dad, the class leader at the time, still to this day has no idea what we were praying for. We had no idea. Don't be like Pam. Be specific in your prayer requests. And not obsessively. Not like minute details but specific enough that we know whether or not it's been answered. Also, don't be like that class. Don't, don't be like our class. Don't be like my dad's class. Make sure that you know what you're being asked to pray for. This is also a great way to disarm those requests to pray for your cousin's cat or their veterinarian's mom or whatever, you know, like those random requests that kind of go out and you're not really sure who it is that we're praying for. We're just kind of this, you know, ephemeral person out there. I like to cut those off and ask directly, how can we pray for you in this? That's, what, that's one thing I learned from uh, my previous community group leaders who meet at our house. How can we pray for you specifically? We can, I mean, we can, we can pray for your veterinarian's mom or whatever, but like, what, what can we pray for you here? And regarding unspoken prayer requests, if there's a safe place to voice something that needs prayer, the family of Christian brothers and sisters who are praying for you is definitely it. Maybe if you're uncomfortable sharing it in that context, you need to find a tighter circle of people to pray with and voice it there. But if you're asking people to pray for you, you should let them know on some level what they're praying for. So are your prayers specific? Paul is asking for specific things here. Open doors, clarity in his proclamation. He's asking for the ministry of the word to to continue. The flip side of what I said a minute ago about being specific in your prayer requests is also true. Are your prayers specific? Would you know if your prayers were answered? Are you praying with expectation and specificity such that you know when God answers your prayer? Or is it just that you say, hey God, you know, whatever you want to do is good with me. And then forget about it and maybe it was answered, maybe not. We don't want to put God in a box and giving very specific parameters like I need, I need that that, that, blood, that blood measurement to go up like 0.01 so we can do this and that we don't need to go with that specificity, but we do, we do need to be knowing we, need to, we do need to be praying for something. And now as for what to pray for, we can talk about that in just a few minutes. But one thing that I was, I've been working back through the last few the last week or so, when I look back at the last six months of what I've prayed for. I can recount numerous ways that the Lord has answered prayer. I keep a prayer journal. It's um, it's it's a it's my where I keep my meeting notes and all those other things, but I uh, have this page that I update every once in a while um, that I, I kind of move forward in my journal to see what has gone on. But I can recount the numerous ways that the Lord has answered prayer. It's not always the way that I want, but he's shown himself to be faithful again and again and again. So just a sampling of the last six months. This is just, I can point to these prayer requests in my journal right now. It's sitting in my bag. and I can flip to the page and show check marks to see what the Lord has answered. These are, this is a short sampling of that. I, along with many of you, have prayed for the powder since 2017. They felt the desire to have a baby and struggled for a long time to get pregnant. Their son was born a few days ago. He's sitting in the back row. We've prayed for healing from COVID, from other mysterious illnesses, Those have been answered in various ways with little medical explanation. Many of you know a woman who was diagnosed with cancer at one of our partner churches a little over a year ago. We have prayed for her since November of 2019. The Lord has answered our prayers for healing, and she went into her mission back in July. We've prayed earnestly for the budget and for finances to do ministry well. By God's grace, he's provided in abundance every single year. We prayed that God would provide us a building, a place of permanency, We went through a season of fasting a couple of years ago, and the Lord has provided in the last few months. We own this building now. I want to mention also that Temple Baptist prayed fervently for many months that this building we are in would be used for ministry in this neighborhood. And the Lord has answered their prayers and ours with us coming here to continue the mission. We've prayed for couples with marital difficulties, difficulties with children and parenting, all kinds of family tensions. We've prayed for our missionaries and seen some simply incredible things happen here. Disciples are being made. Ministry partnerships are strengthening, and the gospel is being proclaimed. We've prayed for open doors into various communities so we can proclaim the gospel and make disciples there, and those prayers have been answered. We've prayed for healthy deliveries of many children, and the Lord has answered those prayers. Now we're praying for workers in the kids' ministry to handle all of those answered prayers. (laughs) But think about this. How many children here today have we prayed for that God would give us? How many jobs and houses and marriages can we thank God for providing in an answer to prayer? Can we explain the history of Redeemer Church and the various aspects of our lives apart from God answering prayer? I submit we can't. If you want to know specifically how God answers prayer, pray specifically and write them down. Write them down clearly. I keep an updated prayer page of prayer requests in my journals. I pray for ministry relationships that we have, for missionaries, for organizations. I pray for any requests among Redeemer members for jobs, for health issues, all those different things. I pray for our pregnant women and for our engaged couples. I pray for our lost people by name. The elders pray for covenant members by name and family, and we will reach out to community group leaders or those families to see how they're doing and how we can help. It's really cool to see how the Lord works through prayer if you simply just keep a record of it. On that note, if you want me and the elders to pray for you, I would be honored to, please just let us know. Send us an email, send us a text, pull us aside. We'll be happy to add you to, that, to our prayer list. That would be a joy for us. That's one of the things that we do as elders is pray for you. And also, I want to encourage us as a church to pray for each other, to use the directory in the Church Center app on your phone that we have. Add yourself to the directory. Send prayer requests to the message boards in our groups. Interact with that. Use it so people can pray for you and so we can celebrate what the Lord would do. It's not just so you can say, hey, here's what's going on in my life. It's not at all. It's not a blog post. It's a prayer request that we can see the Lord working in. It's it's a direction for us as a body to say, we need help here. God, would you work? And see him answer. It. He will. So brothers and sisters, pray. The Lord has bent his ear to you. Pray to him. He speaks to you. Listen to him. And as you pray, be steadfast, be watchful, be thankful, and be mission focused. Now, let's take a look at some kind of practical instructions on prayer. So we'll kind of do the who, what, when, where, how, and why. Who do we pray to? Christians pray to God. We do not pray to Mary, to saints, to angels, or to any mere human, dead, or alive. Specifically, we pray to the God of the Bible, the God who listens. He has spoken through Scripture. He has created, he's revealed himself, and he rules sovereignly over his creation. He instructs us to listen to him, but he also listens to us, and he answers us. More on that later in the why section. We primarily pray to the Father in the name of the Son at the leading of the Spirit. We can certainly pray to Jesus, the Son, in adoration and worship, but generally we worship the Father because of the work of the Son. On that note, when we're praying, if you're going to pray to Jesus, please do not pray to 8-pound, 6-ounce baby Jesus, uh, newborn infant baby Jesus in his golden fleece diaper. Please do not pray to that Jesus. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was born, yes, but he also grew into a man who lived a perfect life and died an atoning death and was resurrected to the newness of life. Pray to him as he is, the risen Lord on his throne in heaven, not who you want him to be. We can pray that the Holy Spirit would do things in us to illumine Scripture, to quicken us, to convict us, to comfort us, but generally we will pray to the Father who sends the Spirit. So we pray to God, generally to God the Father. So what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. You can say your prayers out loud or you can say them silently in your heart, in your mind. But the idea is that you would express your thoughts, express yourself to the Lord. So part of it is talking to God. The other aspect of prayer is listening to God. You can hear the Lord speak to you. Sometimes it's audible. That is unusual. That's unusual. But it does happen. And sometimes, and many times, you will feel the Spirit move on your heart to give you impressions, to give you insight, to give you direction and comfort, to give you conviction, to guide you to Scripture. Lots of things will happen when you listen to the Lord in prayer. So prayer is talking to God and listening to God. And then the next thing is, what do we pray for? Anything and everything. Whatever is on your hearts and minds. You pray to the Lord in adoration for the glory of God. We can see in the Lord's Prayer, you know, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's adoration, that's worship. You can pray for provision. In the Lord's Prayer, we see that. Give us, our, give us this day our daily bread. Pray for things. Pray for, for requests, things that you need. And then you can pray for conviction or for forgiveness. We see the Lord's Prayer forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who, who trespass against us. So we pray for in adoration, for provision, for conviction. We pray, we pray for protection and for care. We, in the Lord's Prayer, we see that lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray for protection. We pray for the Lord's will to be done. The Lord's Prayer says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So praying for the Lord's will to be done. We pray for conversions of the lost. We can pray for healing, for relief from pain, for joy. For each other, for our leaders, for justice, for Jesus' return. We pray for all kinds of things. My encouragement to you in that is to pray in line with Scripture. Don't just pray random things, but pray along the lines of what Scripture tells us. And also pray in gratitude, coming back to what I said earlier. Pray in gratitude. Gratitude, and then my my practical advice for you is to keep a journal or a list. The church member directory is on the planning center app. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Write down what you're praying for and when you start praying for that thing, and also write down when it's answered or when you remove it from your list. It's truly awesome to see what the Lord does. It really is truly awesome. If you want some, if, if you work with apps instead of a journal, use apps like Prayer Mate. There's also a really cool, and I just looked at it the other day. It's called Prayer. It's just literally just called Prayer. And it's got some really neat features to it. Um, It's kind of interesting how technology works like that. But find whatever works for you and pray. And then also, don't just passively receive requests. Ask other people how you can pray for them. It's a beautiful ministry. It's a lot better than, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? How can we commune together with the Lord over what's going on in your life and over what's going on in my life? What a cool request. What a cool way to engage a brother or sister. And then don't just ask, but actually pray for them. That's a trick. That's, that's that's like part of the trick for us. That's part of what catches us. But actually pray for them. That's why I write my stuff down. I could not keep track of all the different things I was praying for, all the different things in my heart. I just I started keeping like a little a little note card in my um, in my Bible. And then that got to be too much, and I also would just lose that note card for whatever reason. So it's, there's a few note cards randomly floating around Springfield with random prayer requests from a handful of years ago. But what I do now is I keep my, I keep my journal with me everywhere. I have it with me every meeting that I have, everything that I do. And I, so when I sit down and have a meeting with somebody, when I counsel somebody, I can add them to my prayer list right then. It's very simple and easy, makes a lot of sense to me. But whatever it takes, however it works for you, please do it. At least pray for people. So then the question is, when do we pray? The answer scripturally is without ceasing. We live in a spirit of prayer. Romans 12, Ephesians 6, 1 Thessalonians 5, we pray without ceasing. We pray, pray all the time. And that doesn't mean that like you know, you're always sitting there with your eyes closed. It means certainly if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But that means that everything that you do should be done with a spirit of prayer. You should live in light of the Lord. And then you should also spend regular times, specific times in prayer, specific focused times where you sit down and that is all you're doing. You're not driving, you're not texting anybody, you're not taking a shower, you're not doing anything else. You are just sitting down and focusing on praying. There should be specific seasons of that. And then the other answer to that question, when do we pray, is whenever it's needed. If somebody asks you to pray, Pray for them. Maybe pray for them right then if it's convenient, if it, if it works. Pray for them then. Pray for them whenever it's needed. Whenever you need wisdom, whenever you need help, whenever you are alone, whenever you are scared, whenever you are angry, whenever you are tired. What, pray without ceasing. So then the question turns to where do we pray? There's times where we pray privately and alone with that conversational intimacy with the Lord. We should be committed to praying regularly by ourselves and prioritizing and guarding that time carefully. We should also pray with one another as a family, with your spouse. So you should also commit to praying as a family. You should be, commit to praying with your spouse. Pr- commit to praying with your children. And then also we pray in groups, in Bible studies or community groups or whenever we are gathered together we, in smaller groups, we pray together as well. We Let that prayer be a topic that comes up whenever you meet with people. Ask how to pray for other people. Ask what they're praying about. And then there's times of public prayer, like today. In worship services, in various other contexts, there's a great joy, a great encouragement, a great power in the gathered prayers of the saints being unified in one direction. That turns us to the question of how do we pray? I want to answer this in a few different ways. The first is your heart posture. How should your heart be in prayer? Your heart should be reverent. It should be worshipful in prayer. You should have a heart of adoration and a heart of humility as you approach the throne of the Lord. Knowing that you're communicating with the God of all creation and that he is listening to you. That should humble you. You shouldn't just Walk in like you're going into a convenience store, picking stuff off the shelf to to give to him and deliver to him and pay for. That should not be the heart posture. You should come in with reverence because he's the king of creation. You should also pray honestly and truthfully, knowing that the Lord knows your heart. Do you know that? Do you know that the Lord knows what you're going to pray to him before you even ask? So pray honestly, pray truthfully, I was asked a question over a decade ago that, haunt, that haunts me still. That question is, when are you going to agree with God on where you're at? God knows where you're at. When are you going to agree with him on where you're at? When are you going to come in line with how he has led you? When are you going to acknowledge the fact that he has led you to the place that you're at? I would encourage you to do the same thing. Agree with the Lord in your prayer. Agree with what he knows. The next thing I would say is to pray confidently. I talked about humility, talked about reverence, but you should also pray confidently, knowing that the Lord can and will answer your prayers. How should we pray? You should pray at length and also briefly in various times, knowing that the Lord will hear us no matter how long we pray. But there are times that you can soak in prayer. There are times that you can dwell in the presence of the Lord for a long time. We take the first Tuesday of every month um, as a a day with the Lord to go just journal and pray and just get away from life and ministry. That's what we do as, as a staff. There are times we can just soak in prayer during that day. But there's also times where I use prayer like a military walkie-talkie, sending short bursts to him, like days like today where I'm preaching and I go into, immediately into a lunch meeting and I go immediately into an elder meeting after that. There's going to, I'm not going to be able to soak in prayer for an hour. I'm going from meeting to meeting, and I have, I have a lot of things to am working through. I'm coming back from sabbatical, a lot of emails in my inbox, a lot of things going on. I don't have the luxury of soaking in prayer. But I can ask the Lord and he will hear me what, for what we need in, that, in those meetings. How do we pray? We incorporate scripture. Read your Bible and then pray in response to what you read. Write scripture next to your prayer requests. When you write things down, hey, I want to pray for this person, I want to pray for this thing that's going on. I need help here. Write your prayer requests and see what happens. See what the Lord does with that. We can pray alongside fasting, and the fasting is a completely different thing. But we can pray alongside fasting. We can pray. In, we can fast in conjunction with prayer, where we don't eat for a season for the particular idea of focusing and devotion to the Lord. There's uh, the book that we, one of the books that we recommended called "Habits of Grace" by David Mathis um, is very good. It's got a very good chapter on fasting. In that, if you want to learn more about it, um, there's also Donald Whitney's book "Spiritual Disciplines" is a fantastic. It's a little more in depth, a little more intensive work through on that. But his descriptions of prayer and fasting are very very good so getting very practical how do we pray and structure how do we how do you structure your prayer there's a really well-known acronym i'm not sure who came up with it but it's it's acts a c t s the first is adoration the first, when you begin praying you worship the lord because he is holy and you're coming into his presence and you're asking something of him the second part that's a then c is confession we admit our sinfulness because we are not holy because we need Jesus. So we confess that. The third is thanksgiving. Gratitude to God for saving us and giving us what we need. Give him thanks for what he's provided for you. And then the last thing is supplication, or it's a fancy word for a request. Asking the Lord to hear our concerns and hear our desires. So ACTS, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Those are the, that's a general, generally a good rhythm to, to work through in your prayer life. If you want to structure your prayer time with a devotional or, for, or with a liturgy, the Valley of Vision is a collection of Puritan prayers. Very cool to pray through, very cool to meditate through. The Book of Common Prayer, there's a, there's actually a Baptist Book of Common Prayer. I found out about that. Um, I ordered one just because I'm really curious what's in it. <laughs> um, it's out of print now. It's, it's super old, but it's called Gathering for Worship. Baptist Liturgy for Prayer is, and you to see what's going on there. Um, but there's lots of different devotionals out there, lots of different liturgies out there. I would ask, um, I would just ask that you use discernment um, and, and don't go through books like the Prayer of Jabez and, and those kind of. If it's uh, if it's a New York Times bestseller, it's probably not going to be a good quality on prayer. I can just say that right now. Um, if you want another really good book on prayer, um, Donald, uh, it's not Donald Miller, uh, Paul Miller's uh, book, A Praying Life, is also very very good. Kind of teaches you how to pray and works through it in pretty good detail. So then this last point here, why do we pray? We pray because God listens to us. God has spoken to us through Scripture and He also listens to us. He cares for us. He wants us to pray to Him. So we pray to Him because He listens. There's no other reason to pray. If He doesn't listen, then we shouldn't pray. We also pray... Because Jesus prays for us. Our risen Christ Jesus is in heaven currently ministering on our behalf and interceding for us. So we pray because he prays for us. We also pray because we're instructed to. Throughout scripture, we're told to pray to God. We're told to ask for things from him. We're told we're shown examples of prayer. Jesus commands us to pray. It's a regular instruction throughout scripture. To pray, so that is why we pray. And the last thing, we pray because we need to, because we cannot live this life without it. And some some people who are heavy in theology might say, but God is sovereign, why do we need to pray? The cheeky response is if God is not sovereign, why would we? But if God is sovereign over all the universe and nothing happens without his say- so, why would we pray? And the, the maybe more complicated answer is because he has ordained that his will be brought about by prayer. That's how he has chosen to work, to lead his people by the Spirit. Because of the sacrifice of Christ, he leads his people to pray to him, and then he works through that. I, I don't, I mean, we can get into a lot of intricacies and a lot of different details. That's kind of a messy answer, but that's what Scripture says. I'm also not confident that prayer changes God because He is immutable and He is unchanging. But I will say this. Prayer definitely, without question, changes me. It brings me in line with what the Lord has ordained. So He may have this fixed thing. He may have this fixed purpose, this fixed, ordained, superintended, preordained thing about all of creation. But I'm not that God and I don't have everything figured out. So when I pray to Him, He changes me and brings me in line with what he's done, what he has ordained. So, brothers and sisters, pray. The Lord has bent his ear to you. Pray to him. He speaks to you. And as you pray, be steadfast, be watchful, be thankful, and be mission focused. Let's pray.